What's up, everyone? My name is B, and you are listening to the Brand Eye Podcast. This podcast talks about navigating our 20-somethings, the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of our journeys, and learning to embrace every part of your story, because your life is your brand, and so many people would benefit from just seeing you live authentically. No one has all of the answers. We're all trying to figure it out. All right. Hi, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest, Caleb Nigel Robinson I. Mm, I hope it ain't a second. Yes. Thanks for having me, dear. Thank you for coming. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure at all. Before we get into just talking about everything and Mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Ooh, I like the ugly. Of course you do. (laughs) Where are you from? Well, I do declare, madam, I am from the finest parts of the South, from the great state of Alabama. <laughs> and before y'all get started, no, it's not like that, what y'all say. Don't do not do Alabama like that. <laughs> but no, I'm from Alabama. I moved up to Chicago probably about a year ago now. Quote the great Tupac, I do get around. I may be a modern-day nomad. So <laughs> what makes you move around a lot? Um, Actually, it's just the freedom. I get bored, I want a change of scenery or a new outlook or perspective. I just pack up and move. So, do you get afraid? No. Why get afraid? It's something new and exciting. You should go out there and experience it. So, you've always been like this? Actually, no. When I was younger... Uh-oh, the tea. Mm, a little tea. A little green tea. Okay. I was a little bit more timid, but, you know, I grew out of that, and now I like to take risks, jump off buildings, and see what happens. You told me you got hit by a car. Tell me about that. I mean, I can tell you the parts that I remember. I went up to visit a couple of my friends. It was after Alabama won the national championship game. It actually, strange enough, was Friday the 13th. Mm. Got out the car, was walking across the crosswalk. Me and one of my buddies, he was in front of me. The other guys, they were going to park the car. All I remember is getting out and walking. The next thing I know, I was laying on the ground, and there was this young lady asking me, hey, are you okay? Do you know where you are? Do oh you know gosh. your name? And me, I'm looking at her confused like, yeah, I know where I am. I'm with What's going on? And then, yeah. lo and behold, my leg was shaped like a question mark. Oh, oh my gosh. Do you think that that has shaped how you view life? Actually, n- not really. I think it was more of putting me back in place because at that time I was getting out of pocket, let's say. What do you, uh, what do you mean? Uh, you know, freshly crossed line, me and my line brother, so. He's Greek. Just a little bit. Um, what? What's your fraternity? Ah, it's the only frat that's out there. Oh Lord. Frat, so nice. You had to name it twice, but we're not here for that. But oh, Lord. it address it. I feel like it just put me back in place. I may have been getting a little out of hand. Ego might have been getting a little big, so it was just more of a reality check. And when you say your ego got big, what did that look like for you? I was becoming a whore. Oh, okay. Well, prior to you know crossing and becoming a kappa kappa mm-hmm. alpha psi mm-hmm. fraternity incorporated mm-hmm. um were you still a bit of a womanizer or i'll never say i was really truly a womanizer it's just always my nonchalant personality and attitude to where it didn't really bother me if i talked to this person and mm-hmm. we weren't together or nothing so then i just talked to someone else and just keep it moving I didn't really see if I didn't put any labels or anything on it. It was just like, hey, I was addressed it up front. Hey, we just doing this. Um, okay, how'd that work out? Did w- Were women receptive? At first, they maybe thought I was playing or joking about it. But then as it went on, they was like, oh, no, he's really like this. And now this was all before. This was young, Caleb. My perspective has changed since then, but I'm not as bad. Okay, I made a face. Yes, you did. (laughs) So, when you would tell women, I'm not interested in anything serious, do you think that women, I mean, I know that you said they didn't take you seriously and thought you were joking, but Mm -hmm. do you think that they also thought that they could change you? I think that was the perspective of most. They was like, oh, he's saying this now, but you never know. He could change or I could make him change. I could be the one that he wants to settle down with or make him settle down. And have you settled down with any of them no. in the past? No, because if anybody normally would give me a ultimatum or, Caleb, you should do this, or we need to do this, or this isn't going to work, I always choose the latter. Like, oh, okay, well, this isn't just going to work then. 
Oh, so you're saying it would get to a point where they would get fed up. Right. Of, like trying and then they would try to force you into a relationship. Yes. And how many relationships have you been in? Realistically, I've been in about, I'll say four to five real ones. Okay. And have you been in love? Mm, what is love? Oh, Lord. So you have not? I say it's up to each person's interpretation. When you're with that one person, you may think that's love, but then you guys break up and it ends or you move on to the next. It may have been love then, but that scenario taught you something. And then you take whatever that taught you and you move on to whatever the next phase of life is and you keep part of that with you. So you have been in love. Sure, we can go with that. But are you saying that the love that Caleb was giving in each relationship was a different Caleb. So now this current Caleb that we're talking to might not consider it to be love. Like, yes, it's correct. I grew past from whatever I thought with that point. I grew in each relationship. It gives me a new experience or a new outlook. So that gives me a new vision, a new perspective, something that I thought I liked or was important to me at that point is not the same now. And what does love mean to you? Love to me, I still don't know because my viewpoint of relationships is really like a business. Okay. And by say a business, it's two businesses merging together. Okay. They have to be able to be viable to support each other. You're doing a merger. Mm -hmm. You can't just have one business take over another and take over its debt or responsibilities or whatever like that. Both business needs to be properable together so that they both can thrive together under one new corporation. And what do you think creates the perfect opportunity for two businesses or people to merge? Well, for one, they need to have the friendship beforehand. You just can't jump into yeah. a relationship and not know each other outside of just, oh, look at her. She's bad. I like the way she looks, X, Y, Z. But if you don't know anything about her, anything can look good. I mean, fool's gold still shines. Yes, but it's still shiny. We love, no, I'm kidding. Yes, but it's still fool's goal. It's not the real thing. It's not authentic. Right. And do you think, well, have you ever cheated in a relationship? Yes. Yes, oh, I have. Okay. <laughs> and was the Caleb that I'm talking to the one in any of those relationships where you cheated? Hmm. No, because that was a while ago and it was more of. Cheating not because I was missing anything or wanted something new. It was more I was bored. Were you greedy or just bored? Bored. Not necessarily greedy because it would be like a one and done. Okay. So would you get or do you think that given what the description of mm -hmm. love that you just gave me, that definition, do you think that boredom might still be something that causes you to cheat in your current well in a relationship that you enter in, in the future no i don't think that is the case now because that was more of just me being bored and not knowing how to express what i was looking for what i wanted to do at that time frame but now it's like i'm not really bored it's just yeah i can really look at stuff and see if it's worth my time to even entertain that person or talk to them now, because I like, I can see where it's going to go or what it's going to be just from a quick conversation with someone. And as a man, I, I don't want to generalize, but as a man, when you meet women, mm -hmm. do you kind of put them off into categories like women that, you know, maybe a little easier to hop into bed with and women that could be potential I don't want to say wifeys and freak you out because I feel like you got some commitment <laughs> issues. A but bit. mates or something like that or yeah. else relationship um i would say no but that would be a lie because i think everyone still has their own personal bias regardless of who you are or how far you come because you still just put people in categories when you see them but do you interact with them based on the categories you put them in actually no i still will talk to them all the same okay it'll start off light flirting or light conversation or just picking with them and then we'll see where it goes so then what are you looking for when you approach a woman? Honestly, I'm at the stage now, I don't really do the approaching. Oh. And it's no, I think, um, this and I don't have to approach a woman or anything like this. I don't go out looking for a woman or anything. I just go out to have a good time when I go out now. Just go out to the bar, drink, from with my friends or whoever. Just going out socializing like that. And if something happens, if I bump into somebody, I'll speak. And if the energy or whatever feels right, then, you know, we'll go from there. 
without with other chances of that. I'm just out just socializing in general. Okay, so I actually love this because I feel like right now we're in a time where there's a lot of pressure and, you know, you can experience anxiety. I know sometimes I used to experience anxiety, the Mm -hmm. less comfortable I was with myself that, oh my goodness, I'm going to be alone forever Mm -hmm. if I don't set myself up in circumstances to be ready to meet a man. Like, I'm like, you know, oh, I, I need to conduct myself in a way because I just want to make sure that if I meet my future husband... You know, I'm going to be ready. But what you're saying is actually something that I think is important about just being comfortable with yourself and living in the moment. Mm -hmm. Have you ever like just being a thousand percent real and vulnerable? Have you ever had that fear of being alone? No, because growing up, I've seen the social norms. My parents are still together and they push or practice that. But I don't see the overall problem of if I'm end up with someone. I do, but if I don't, okay. What's the problem with that? I can take care of myself now. It's not like I feel like I'm missing out or anything or anything like that. So being by myself isn't an issue. And I think to even be in a relationship, you have to be able to be by yourself for an extended period of time. Because how can you expect someone else to know what you want or what you are if you don't know who you are yourself? So you have to spend time alone to figure that out. Right. And the other day you told me that you glowed up significantly. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Okay, because you mm. said you went from 130 pounds, soaking what wet, you what considered I'm... to be like scrawny. Yeah. And now you're a personal trainer. Right. And you have a lot of muscles mm-hmm. and a lot of tattoos. And you know, mm-hmm. every time Caleb and I hang out, there's a woman approaching him or giving him the eye of like, please approach me, Caleb. Mm-hmm. So have you ever struggled with confidence or self-image? It may not be that you look down on yourself but have you ever struggled with body image or anything well actually yes i still do actually despite the fact of i still see myself as the high school version of myself like i always tell people most times people get a certain image of their self stuck in their head Mm of ideally if they were in their prime or whatever season in their life i still see the five to 115 pound version of me Mm -hmm. so and it took a while for me to adjust to just figuring out who I really am because even back in the college days I never like going to the club or hanging out at stuff like that and all of my friends or whoever they always go and I was just like I felt weird because I don't want to go but I kind of have to go to hang out mm-hmm. or fit in with them and it took a while just me growing as an individual and a person to realize that's not my scene that's not my style but it's okay you don't have to do that you can mm-hmm. find your own lane your own market to do that and then as I've grown and gotten accustomed to it I like I know what my area is, what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not comfortable with. And I just, I'll step out and do that stuff now because I don't care. And I think when we're younger, we think a lot of people pay more attention to us than what they actually do when you're out. Yeah. And you're more worried about what is everybody thinking about me or what, how do I look out here as opposed to just enjoying the moment and living in the moment. Yeah. And I love, I'm noticing a theme Mm -hmm. that you talk about living in the moment a lot Mm -hmm. and I think when naturally when you're insecure, sometimes living in the moment can be tougher. So what do you think it was that happened in your life or how did you get this epiphany to just embrace who you are and live in the moment and just be comfortable with being Caleb Robinson? Um, honestly, I don't know. I can't really put a certain time frame on it. It was just like, it sounds cliche, but I just woke up one day and I was just like, I don't care. You woke up like this? No, I didn't wake up like this. I just woke up and I was like, I don't care. It doesn't matter what whoever or whatever they think about me. It's like, hey, if I want to do this or if this is what I like, this is just what I like. I don't care if somebody else doesn't like it or they do like it. It's like, hey, I'm not living for them. It's for me. And you stopped using social media at one point about how long ago? Uh, I haven't been on social media since probably around 2009. Okay, so... Do you think that that played a part, too, in you being more comfortable, just like getting off of social media? Mm, I'll say yes and no, because the reason, the main reason I got off social media, I don't like taking pictures. Yeah. I never cared. And then, too, that does play into another part. I never really cared what other people were doing. Mm. And, too, it's like, hey, no one knows what I'm doing now. Okay. And then I look at it like this, too. That builds a more of a personal connection with whoever you are in your circle. Yeah. Because if people want to know what I'm doing now, 
you really have to know me or you have to have my phone number you can't just follow me on whatever or see me posting things because it's like no one knows like it's still people now that don't know i moved and left alabama yeah and you like it like that yeah it's cool and then like it's i'm not opposed to being on other people's social media like if i'm out with people and they are doing videos or taking photos now i won't pose but if you catch me in the act or in the moment or whatever shenanigans i'm doing you can post it and feel free and i'll right. be a cameo in the background of that <laughs> okay and i i don't know it's really fascinating to think about you and self-confidence because i know that most people struggle with insecurities most people struggle with anxiety mm-hmm. and what would you say that you're anxious about because it sounds like you've never really been anxious about being alone mm-hmm. so what do you think you've been most anxious about throughout your life the most anxious i've ever been i would actually say strangely enough is my greatest accomplishment it mm-hmm. was when i became a dad wow that terrified me i was finna graduate college 23 finna graduate before she was born but it was just a fact of, oh, wait, I have something that's coming along that I have to be responsible for to make sure she's alive and okay and taken care of. And that was a time period where I kind of withdrew from everyone because I didn't know how to express yeah. what I was feeling becoming a dad at a, in my head, I call it a young age, but everybody else said, you're graduated. You're already working full time. Yeah. It's okay. You got this. Right. And it wasn't until... She was born, and I was there. I cut her umbilical cord, and I actually saw her for the first time. And I was Aww. like, oh, we got this. Right. And so, yeah, that was it. That's beautiful. And do you think that her birth also changed your perspective on how you view yourself? Yes, it it did. And her birth also changed the way that I interact and view women. Really? Yes, because... I became a girl dad. Okay. And in the back of my mind, I was like, damn, she's going to run into a younger version of me at some <laughs> point in her life. And I can only go to jail once for <laughs> for some little boy hurting my baby's feelings. Yeah. But it was like, okay, okay you got to make a change. You can't mm-hmm. just treat people or women like toys. Yeah. You have to grow up and like, okay, be respectful. Mm. My dad talks about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he says, like. Sometimes he feels like he's seeing karma affect his daughters, you Mm -hmm. know? So when you're dating women, do you also consider how how much of a role model they'll be in her life? Or do you only think about the here and now? I think about the here and now. Okay. Um, I'll get to that part whenever if they do meet her. Mm-hmm. I don't really let women meet Isabella. If I'm talking to someone, I could talk to them for maybe six months to a year before they even meet Isabella. Yeah, I could see that. That's mm-hmm. not even that long, you know. Mm-hmm. And have you ever introduced any woman to her? Yes, she's um I had a girlfriend that we lived together. Okay. At one point in time, so she had to have met her cuz we lived together. But for the most part outside of that, no, I kind of keep those two worlds separate until I know that it's not necessarily the woman, it's more of me figuring out, okay, am I going to make this true connection mm-hmm. with her and do I want to bring her into my inner world and show her my prized possession right and that's interesting you talk about true connection Mm -hmm. and you have a very interesting theory on what love is Mm -hmm. and right now um social media talks about love in different ways but i think it's easy for people to covet right so Mm -hmm. you'll see people talk about relationship goals and me personally Mm -hmm. i don't see it but like for you how do you identify what a true connection is well, it's easier for me because I'm not on social media, so I'm not listening to all of, oh, your relationship should look like this, mm-hmm. or this should be your relationship. If he loves you, he will be doing this, or if she loved you, she'll be doing that. You can't have all these different people in your relationship because in your relationship, it's only you too. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to compare it to someone else's relationship, you guys aren't them. What's working for them won't work for you. Yeah. You can try as hard as you want, but you two aren't those same people. So you can't base it off of, what someone is saying on social media or whatever. Now you can take guidance from that to see if it's true or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you can't just base your soul personality or relationship around the it couple or the celebrity couple. Like, Oh, these are relationship goals or connections. Cause you don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. They can smile and 
in pictures and videos and pretend like everything is great, but as soon as the camera goes off, he goes in one room, she goes in another. And yep. then they don't talk again until it's time to post another video for views. Yeah, that's true. And what does your ideal relationship look like? You seen P Valley. Never mind. I'm sorry. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Mississippi, yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. But um I would say it's just a partnership. It doesn't have to be 50-50 on the bills or anything like that because So you do 100%? No. I was about to say ladies. No. Don't don't ever start with that foolishness or lie. <laughs> but no, I would say you guys have to it's you, you have to be there for each other. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be you take care of this and he take care of that because throughout the relationship things going to change one person may be up while the other person is down mm-hmm. you have to be able to, to do that for someone it's like uh michelle she went on stage when she was doing an interview saying sometime it's 70 30 mm. the split yeah. one person is taking up this side and other person's holding that but that's not going to be a constant it could change at any time but just being able to have that open communication with your partner to express what's going on and you can't be afraid to talk to them because if you're afraid to talk to them about what's going on, then that's supposed to be your person. Yeah. And if you can't talk to them, then who can you talk to? Because you can't go off and talk to your boys about it because me talking to my boys and my boys talking to me, we won't give you the advice from our side. Oh, be like, hey, man, you don't need to deal with her. Come no. on back out here. Or vice versa. Like, uh, it's good to have that referral. Like, you run off, talk to your girls or whoever get their perspective. But you should be able to have those deep conversations with your other person mm-hmm. to express what's going on and just being open with each other. I like that. And I know you yes. pretty well mm-hmm. because we hang out a lot. Right. But you're a pretty tough shell to crack. You I mean, don't open up much. Like No. I mean, some people might even say, oh, he's all goofiness and happiness. But, like, I know. That's the persona I put out. Right. So what does it take for you to open up to a woman? And like, how do you know when you're ready to open up to a woman? Um, It would actually just take time with any person because you can't just come to a stranger, just open up. Mm-hmm. Automatically, just after you build that connection with that person over time, you guys hang out more. You talk, you experience different scenarios or moments together and you can peel back those layers. Or Yeah. In general, do you let people peel back your layers or do you kind of keep them at that distance? Really, it depends because I could have two people at the same time. I'm talking to two people. This is a hypothetical scenario. Sounds pretty real, but okay. I mean, it could be. Who knows? Wink, wink. But (laughs) it really just depends on the connection I feel from that person, like how our conversations are going or like what are our day-to-day interactions and Kind of like not to say like reading aura or energy, but how I feel was coming off from her. Like mm-hmm. how is she looking at me or pursuing me? Yeah. Like what is she trying to do or what is what are we looking for? Right. And then if our connection is genuine, then of course it'll peel back. Yeah. And it'll happen naturally. But if you try and force it, then no, it's kind of oh no, I'd close the book if you're trying to force it. You know, it's funny because that's how I am, too, mm-hmm. where before I think when I was like less secure with who I was and more anxious and wanted to control my future, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, my gosh, you know, we have to like I'm like, oh, we feel I feel a connection and it would be like a week, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, that's the one. But now I almost get triggered or like mm-hmm. it scares me if a man tries to move too fast or open up too much. Right too quickly like and i i don't have a timeline for it mm-hmm. i'm like I don't, I don't know what to do you right. know like, i feel it and it's funny that you said control your future that's something that i actually don't i don't plan anything i'm just more of a free spirit i go with the flow so it's no set plan or timeline like oh, okay i'm 32 now 35 i need to be married and working on having my second child now it's like no it's no structure no manual anything i'm just going through life and you've always been like that yes i've always been carefree and free spirit with it so whatever happens happens what areas in your life are you not carefree and free spirited i'm actually in all of them outside of when i separate myself from normal caleb and then when i have to go to daddy mode then you know i'm in a protector well then but if it's just me myself I'm carefree. Like, ah, I feel like I'm Teflon. Can't nothing really truly hurt. <laughs> I got hit by a car and stood back up. I was like, hey, I can bounce back from that. I can bounce back from anything. 
Has there ever been a situation? Because, you know, life hits. When it hits, sometimes it hits. It hits hard, yes. And has there ever been a situation where you felt like either it's harder to bounce back or you didn't even know if you could bounce back? Yes, it has been. It's it's life. It's not going to always be sunshine, rainbows, happy days. You're going to have those ups and those downs. What did that time look like for you? When those times hit, those are times when I'm more withdrawn. I'm off to myself. I'm mm-hmm. not really socializing, hanging out, or I wouldn't even put forth the effort of showing off being goofy or playful. It's more, I'm more quiet. I'm more in my own little world. Mm-hmm. I may just have my headphones in, music playing, or it may not even be music in, but I have my headphones in, so people think. So people don't talk to you. Yeah, That's so they what I do. so they think I'm listening to music or something, but no, it's nothing playing. It's just in, and it's just a way so. I'll walk by somebody and say, hey, Caleb, and I got to hear something. Oh, he's listening to music. No, I heard you. I, yeah, no, I just I don't know how to <laughs> respond right now. I got a lot going on that I'm trying to work through. Right. But right. it's something like you can't fix the storm or that. Sometimes you just got to get through it, get yeah. to the other side, because it's a lesson I need to learn or figure out. So when I get through that situation, I'm on the other side, and I can look back at it and like, oh, I had to deal with this because I needed to figure this out so I can do this. Yeah. Winston Churchill has a quote that's one of my favorites, and mm-hmm. he's like, "If you're going through hell, keep, keep going. going." Yes, I like okay. that too. You can't just sit there in it. You can't. And I think sometimes too, when thinking about any relationship that we have, platonic, whatever, mm-hmm. sometimes it can be easy to want to shut people out. Right. And how have you been able to manage dealing with what you need to deal with in the way that you need to, mm-hmm. but also? allowing your um network of people to support you now this is gonna sound bad even though i have a background in psychology oh lord no it's no like no, dr field counseling moment nothing no, like no, that no, i got you i don't let people support me well, why oh it's no issue or nothing like that uh another saying that i always i forgot where i heard it from but i always said i never ask for lighter burdens i ask for broader shoulders mm. When has that gotten you in trouble, though? I mean, trouble is fun, though. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, yes, it's fun. But also, like, do you think that you should let people support you? Yes, but that comes down to male pride. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier just for us to be quiet and shut up and just deal with it on our own than open up our mouth to say, hey, I need help. Can you help me out with this? Or even to formulate the statement just to be able to come to someone and say, hey, can you help me with this? Even though you may be close with that person, y'all may be as thick as these, but when it comes down to that impactful moment in your life, you may be like, they're so used to me being so happy-go-lucky, carefree. Mm-hmm. I can't let them see that version of me. Yeah. So I got to keep this internal and I just figure it out or work it out. I always find something or some t- the day will break. Yeah, it's like that for me too it's something i've had to unlearn Mm -hmm. um because i didn't realize what a lot of people around me were saying that it was hard for them to want to engage a meaningful relationship because they're like you're always the happy one always like there Mm -hmm. but to me i was like pain is like you know if if i ask you or if you ask me how was your day Mm -hmm. i don't tell you oh caleb i tied my shoe today it's it's just a part of life you tie your shoe you keep going exactly that's how i was viewing pain now like do you view that sometimes, like when somebody asks you, how are you doing? You know, it's the two-sided coin. I'm fine. Or do you like, oh, should I tell them X, Y, Z? Because are they really asking? Right. How are you really doing? Or are they asking just because they feel like that's the normal protocol just to talk to them? Hey, how is your day going? You okay? And you're like, no, I'm fine. And then y'all just joke and go off about something else. Right, which I think it's incredibly rude when people just ask, like, how are you doing? So Mm -hmm. I try to be intentional about asking people, but I do get nervous because my thought is, like, I don't want what I'm going through to sour your day because you could ask me how I'm doing, but I could, you could be going through things I have no idea that you're going through. And then if I'm unloading on you, now we're Mm -hmm. both upset, you know? Which, I I mean, you know what I'm trying to say? Right, no, but I feel like that is a part of a relationship, platonic or any way type of person. If you have that connection with somebody, sometimes you guys can have that open conversation. Why don't you take your own advice, buddy? It's easier to give advice than to take it. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. And then I'm a stubborn old man. You're not even old yet. Hey, look, mm, you heard (laughs) my bones creak when I get up. 
how have you been able to, or are you working to find a balance to be vulnerable with people like that you can trust? I, I told Alana, I'm better at it now than what I was in the past. But are you currently working on it still? Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> he was nodding his head and saying, uh-uh. So, you know. It's, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. I'm not going to fix it all in one day or even in one year, but. But do you want to fix it? Yes. And then I'll say, like, even with this, I'm taking the first steps to acknowledge it. Saying, yeah. yeah, I do need to get outside of my own bubble to seek help or when times get rough, just to pick up the phone and call someone. And, you know, I get it because I think communicating mm-hmm. how someone can show up for you is also, I think it takes a lot of energy, you know? Right. So for me, if I open up to you and you don't respond in a mm-hmm. certain way, I'm going to be annoyed in my head. Like, can you please mm-hmm. just stop talking to me? I'm done. You know, like this is why I don't open up to people. And then too, it's a second part to that too. You open up to somebody. Do you want them to open up? When you open up to them, do you want them to respond or do you want them just to listen? Mm. Yeah, and I have to. I've had to work on that mm-hmm. because I I like to fix everything. And mm-hmm. when anyone I care about is going through something, I want to fix it. Right. And like in some of my relationships, that's been overwhelming for them. So mm-hmm. I've had to learn like how do I not unintentionally make it about me and right. put on more stress, like cause more stress in the situation. But I ask like. Do you need a friend to just listen or do you want me to give advice? And right. it's interesting to hear that most people just want me to listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, dang, it's my advice. <laughs> no, yeah. because a lot of times people like to just talk it out and outside of themselves. Have somebody else that they don't necessarily have to respond, but just their presence there is enough to feel them confident. And then they can work through what's going on with them just talking with you in the room there. Mm-hmm. And so that can also be that comfort for them, too. Just knowing that you're there and you're just there to listen. And it's judgment-free listening. Yes. And, like, being present, I'm learning, is so important. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that we can truly be present without being able to be vulnerable ourselves. So I'm trying to learn, how do I show up and be present? This is really uncomfortable. If you want me to be vulnerable and, like, talk about what I'm going through, I don't Mm -hmm. like it. And where has where have you seen vulnerability pay off in your life like moments that you've taken a leap of faith and opened up in ways that are uncomfortable what kind of rewards have you seen come from that mm, well i'll even take it like this i can be vulnerable with people not necessarily saying me expressing my emotions or feelings but um just throughout my work history i've worked in disaster so i've been there for people when they lost their entire home to a house fire or a hurricane. Mm-hmm. And I was there just to be able there to just help them, get them somewhere to stay, just mm-hmm. to work with them through their time frame, and just to build that peer-to-peer connection with them, to have that one-on-one relationship, to help them through their hard times. Mm-hmm. And I would say with that, too, that may have kind of jaded my viewpoint on a lot of stuff because sometimes you got to cut off your emotions mm-hmm. to deal with a large lot of trauma stuff that you're happy with a lot of people so you don't bring that back home with you yeah so sometimes when i say i'm nonchalant it used to be a running joke that i could cut my emotions off yeah same and sometimes i really can and it's just like it's not good but sometimes that's what i have to do to get through certain situations or scenarios and do you think that that only really happened in your professional life where that was oh no it trans it transitioned over into my personal life too it was like for a time period i just cut it all off cut all what off emotions just went through just straight numb and that had to be kind of lonely not really really Mm -hmm. not lonely at all no I've, or did you cut the loneliness part off so you didn't know if you were... Well, because naturally, I've always been a loner. I can interact and be a part of a group, be mm-hmm. playful, goofy, or even work as a team without having that. But deep down to my truest self, I've always enjoyed the long time. Even it was for me being a kid, just playing by myself, even though I have siblings and cousins. But no. Okay, so this is actually interesting. I have another episode called mm-hmm. Self Love Matters. Okay. And I talk about implementing your love language mm-hmm. into your relationship with self. Right. Quality time is one of my biggest. I, I used to not even believe in the love language thing. Mm-hmm. But quality time is like my number one thing. And I've noticed that sometimes I crave that silence of being alone. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm not giving myself quality time. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. I think about you and I'm like, are you really cutting your emotions off? 
or mm-hmm. talk to are me now. You, I, you know, I'm about to preach no I'm just Uh-oh. kidding no but take or your time are now. you allowing yourself to take the space that you need because I think that cutting off emotions would mean that you do something to numb it or mm-hmm. you you know you're out in the streets pretending like you're not going through something mm-hmm. whereas if you're withdrawing maybe you're just giving yourself the time and space you need to gather your thoughts so that then you can interact with people and that is true because like it's a running joke like i've told you you told me the same thing sometimes my social battery will run out yeah it will bother my randomly i can be at 100 percent, and then two minutes pass and it's blinking red right and i would think turning off your emotions would be like oh my social battery is draining but i'm still gonna be goofy and blah 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 mm-hmm. so what do you think that maybe even societal norms might have caused you to believe like i just cut my emotions off because it doesn't sound like you cut them off you haven't seen that phase of version of me. I haven't. I'm, but I'm it's not like, interested, but I'm interested. No, but it's even like, just not to backtrack or take away from, it's just like when I relocated here. Mm-hmm. I moved here, no friends, no family, no nothing. Just packed up and came up here. Hmm. By myself, I was like, it's fine. But was that cutting you off your emotions or did it just no. not phase you? It didn't phase me. So then maybe you're not cutting off the emotions. No, not to move up here because, hmm. I moved up here for big and bright things. But <laughs> no, but I have had times, even like if I'm in a relationship, I can be withdrawn from that mm. person altogether. And it's like cut and dry. It's just like, oh, hey, what's your day? That was good. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with me and that person or her. She did nothing to me. It's just, I don't want to be bothered. There is, I was learning in therapy about um, a common thing that couples go through, mm-hmm. and it's called the demon dance. It's interesting. But one person... Is it different from demon time? Very different. Okay. (laughs) But one person is known as the pursuer Mm -hmm. and one's known as the withdrawer. And the pursuer is someone who is more clingy Mm -hmm. in situations where they want to fix it. They want to talk about it. They want answers. Mm -hmm. Whereas a withdrawer is someone who will withdraw from the situation and go to themselves. Mm -hmm. And both are like... There's not a right or wrong. And it's interchangeable throughout their relationship. At one point, one person could be the... Right. Okay. And I'm usually the pursuer in the relationship where I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, let's just talk about it. Let's fix it. You know? Mm -hmm. But it was fascinating because she was saying that couples usually have to work through that. Right. And then it sounds to me, I'm not Mm -hmm. no psychologist, psychiatrist, nothing. Talk your talk, doc. But that you're a psych... Like a... I was about to say a psychotherapist. No. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like you're kind of have the tendencies of a withdrawer where... Mm -hmm. You know, it's usually a way for them to protect themselves or protect themselves from going off on somebody or to protect their partner from getting that, you know, getting cussed out. You know, it could just be so many different reasons. But that's what it sounds like. And you could be right with that. I never looked at it or thought about it like that. It was just more of me. Leave me alone. I ain't got time for your shenanigans right now or I don't want to deal with it. And it could be nothing wrong. Nothing has happened. It's just. I woke up today. I don't feel like talking. I'm not talkative. I, I get it. I'm moody. I used to get in trouble for being so moody as a kid. <laughs> it's like coming in like I spoke, but I don't want to hug you. Right. Or mm-hmm. I don't want. I don't want to speak. Yeah. Just. Or leave I don't want to get on the phone. I didn't even want to come over here, but <laughs> I, I'm here because I. It's what I'm supposed to do. And have you ever been with a very insecure partner? Yes. What did that look like? Oh, it ended very quickly. How long did it take? because I didn't know it at first but it was after we got together and it probably maybe lasted maybe like a month or two after we made it official and what kind of characteristics did you pick up on that made you say like oh no it's not about to work I don't like it's bad to say this but I don't like uh, for my woman or whatever to be overly emotional what does overly emotional mean some people may say it's concerned or whatever, but the insecurity of if I'm going out, asking me a hundred questions about why I'm going out or anything like oh, that. Oh, no, that's annoying. It is. I mean, it can start off as just general conversation because I have a, it's a funny rule that I normally have inside uh-huh. my head, but it's like, I hate when someone asks me like three questions back to back. Sorry, Caleb. No, it's not like this, but no, it's no. like, um, no, but I mean that like every day I'm like, Caleb, Caleb. <laughs> no, that's not, it's, no, it's a fine, completely it's different. I get it, I get but it. It's like the, where you're going, who you're with, what are you going to do? And it's that repetitive motion of asking the questions all together. Mm. And as a typical guy, we don't know. We just going out. 
It's like the joke Kevin Hart said. We finna go out. <laughs> but we don't have no plans. Just like, I'm just going out. Sometimes I just go out just to go out. I don't Were know. you cheating on her during that time? No, I didn't even get a chance to cheat on her. Oh my gosh, but you said you've cheated in every relationship. No, I said I've cheated in relationships, not every relationship. So you didn't cheat on her? No, I just ended it. So she just didn't trust you? I don't know if she didn't trust me or if it was just insecurities that she just had from past relationships. Yeah. And it was still early on and it was just, no, like, this shoe doesn't fit. Mm. I like, she's a cool person and all that, but I was like, this isn't going to work, love. And have you, well, how do you know... When things aren't going to work, like, or when you just have to, when you're like, oh, I really like a person Mm -hmm. and they have a characteristic that drives me nuts, but I want to still be with them. Like, how do you differentiate those two? Oh, I don't differentiate. Oh, so you just cut it off? Yes. When you get annoyed? Mm Mm-hmm. All the time? All the time. So you don't even argue with people? No, I don't like to argue. I like to wrestle. (laughs) So... In every relationship that you've had, mm-hmm. every serious one, you never argued? No. I don't argue. Because even though, like I say, I have this persona of me being goofy, that still is a part of my personality. So that still carries over into the relationship. And it's like... Did you have discussions? Yeah, we can discuss it and all of that. But it may end with whatever discussion and I just throw a pillow at the head and I walk off. Okay, so you do have... Yeah, we can have those disagreements disagreements but it's not like no full-fledged arguments or anything or in my eyes it's not an argument. what does an argument mean to you because in any life any relationship you're going to have disagreements with whoever it is mm-hmm. but it's more of this constant bickering going back and forth about <laughs> yeah. that that when tones get raised and people oh, get so yelling yeah, well not even yelling but people got to stand up and they feel like they got to get their <laughs> point across and then it's like and I'm very foolish in those situations if that would happen. I'm like, what you want to do? Bust a move. <laughs> Stop. So then that makes them even angrier. Yeah. And then I'm not, because I'm laughing at it. And then it's just like, if not my, I'm not trying to make you mad by me laughing, but it's just how I am. It's so fascinating. So you just don't, it's so funny because you know how they say protect your peace. Mm-hmm. Like that was like a trend on social media for a while. I mean, I wouldn't know. Oh yeah, you wouldn't. Know. Okay, but you know, people are protect your peace, protect your peace, and those mm-hmm. are usually the most toxic people mm-hmm. that are like adamant about that. Right. I said what I said, and I stand behind it. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you are someone who really you don't play around about your peace. No. And like you don't mind being alone if that means you don't have to worry about your peace. Right. So if you meet your quote unquote person, mm-hmm. right? How do you know like that you're not going to cut them off if they do something to irritate you? Well, that's the beauty of life. You never know. Nothing is ever certain. Have you ever put up with more than Yeah, I put up with more from time to time, but then at the same time it's like the whole time I'm putting up with it, I know I don't like it. I don't care for it. But it's mm-hmm. like All right, Caleb, how long are you going to deal with this or how long are you going to keep just letting it take place. And so then you just like get to a point like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to play no more. And you and I earlier were talking about choosing a person. And we talked about how a successful marriage is choosing, always mm-hmm. choosing. Right. Um, and making a decision to love that person and be mm-hmm. there no matter what. Right. How, what would it take for you to choose a woman based on everything you're telling me because you mm. seem like you're so sweet but you're very picky mm-hmm. and you're cutthroat so exactly. like how would you know what woman you wanted to choose well the um piggyback i said like i come off very sweet kind charming but i'm really just a villain that's what you want people to believe but it's actually true it's not and it's a counterproductive because people think oh he's so sweet and he wants to be the villain but he's really not but then it's just another cover-up. But you have to constantly choose the person every day, like we discussed. And to, you will know that person when that person shows up in your life. Hmm. Like You think so? I feel like it is. And then I think, too, a lot of people feel like society's norms. Like, oh, you're supposed to get married, so you have to do this. And people rush past these things and they get married and then next thing you know they've been married for a year then they get a divorce or mm-hmm. they separate as opposed to if you make that connection with somebody early on you'll know hey mm-hmm. 
that'd be a good person. Yeah, they're kind of quirky because, I mean, I am by no means perfect. And it takes a strong woman to deal with me and my shenanigans because <laughs> the one type of woman that I actually do like, I like a strong woman that is not necessarily bossy or opinionated, but they will stand up to me and my personality. What you said, you said, I like a boss. I mean, she can be a boss. We well, both bosses because um, we t- we it's two businesses merging together, so we both have to be bosses. Right. And do you think that it'll be hard for you to break some of your unhealthy habits that you've What do you mean by in? unhealthy habits? You know, like it being hard for you to open up to someone or articulate what you're feeling at sometimes when things mm-hmm. get really rough or being faithful or being faithful isn't boredom. hard anymore now. Boredom. I play video games. So your most previous relationship, you were faithful? Yes. All the way through? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. I thought you weren't. No, not that one. The ones before that now. Okay. So Spicy. Right. So now it's That's like, for the podcast, After Dark. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, when all the kidding. good listeners have gone to bed. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't take you anywhere. I mean, that's why we're all here. I'm not anywhere. I'm just See, here. Yeah, that's true. We are here. Mm-hmm. And... How do you think you'll be able to manage staying interested? Because you get bored a lot. And you like to pick up and go. Yes, I do. And leave. Mm Mm-hmm. When things get uncomfortable. But maybe that's the beauty of it. They'll pick up and go with me. They'll take on this adventure. You're trying to pick up and go from them. Hmm. But that's your person. Mm Mm-hmm. If it's my person, and now I can look past certain things. Like, okay. They're really not that bad. And really sit back and look, Caleb is really you. You being an ass. And yeah. I'm like, I'm mad enough to admit that and see past that. And they're like, okay, they are trying to do something, but it's not, they're not against me. Yeah. They're actually pushing me to be a better person. They're encouraging me. They're not doing it in the praising way or whatever, but it's tough love. And sometimes I need that. And yeah. that comes from them being a strong woman, not yeah. just bending to what I want or what I feel like the approach something I'm like no Caleb sit down and you need to do this yeah and then I'm like no you stupid and right. by the back of my you head I'm just like she right but I ain't gonna tell her she right cause she's stupid <laughs> ugly self but mm. but you you're gonna do it yeah I'm gonna do it I ain't gonna let her know I'm gonna do it but you're gonna do, do it. it and then she gonna see that I did it and if she's safe oh so you did what I said your mama <laughs> <laughs> okay um and I think about like, you know, you are very carefree and you don't have any fear. And it's kind of like, I'm going to go with the flow. I'll figure it out when it comes. Mm -hmm. But from the little baby Caleb that you describe of Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, he was scary. He was Mm -hmm. scared of everything. How do you like looking back? What is something that you would say to that Caleb now? Like if you were to give him advice right now, what would you say to him? Actually, I'll say don't change because everything that you're going through. It's going to pay off in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I like to think now the version that I am now is the version that younger Caleb will be comfortable with. Mm. And why do you think, like, how do you think that you got to where you are now? Just through different phases and chapters of my life, just going through life experiencing, because I had to grow through certain uncomfortable scenarios to find my true self. Like, I, what's one example or two? If you feel comfortable sharing. I mean, we, we already live, so I can share. Okay. So let me think. Let's see. What is a scenario that made me change my viewpoint? Um, I would actually say a lot of my viewpoints changed post-grad, once I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, work- From? College. Okay. Undergrad. Working in the prison system. Mm. That was one opportunity that I came in. Everybody was like, why would you do that? Right. Go work in the prison system. I was working, I think I did two, three years working from 10 at night till six in the morning. Oh, wow. Off Monday, Tuesdays. But it was because, no, I didn't want to do it. But I had just had my daughter. Mm-hmm. I needed a job that would have benefits. So she would be covered. She'd be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that forced me to grow up. Mm-hmm. And working in there, it exposed me to a lot of foolishness. Yeah random petty fights seeing a lot of our people in there getting locked up over scenarios that it's like why did y'all do that right what put you there and it helped me to grow not only in my own life but i could grow from their mistakes Mm -hmm. even though i never done anything like that 
allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. But, you know, you learn a wise man, you can learn from the mistakes of others. Mm. Just seeing what they went through, people in their age 16 to age 85. Yeah. Locked up in their whole life and they're just working in there and just seeing what they had to deal with, what they're going through now. It let me know, like, hey, what I got to deal with in the free world? That's what I called it when I, I was institutionalized <laughs> when I worked in the prison. It was the free world. Okay. Um, working in there, let me say, hey, man, whatever the obstacles that they have to deal with in here is a hundred times harder because they don't have the luxury of going home and just doing whatever. Mm-hmm. So, whatever I think is stressing me or causing me issues outside, it's not that big. Let it go. Whatever it can be. If you are afraid to go up and talk to a girl, don't be. The worst thing could happen, they could say no. Yeah. I mean, well, now they might put you on social media to take a picture. Right. Just, oh, the lame ass dude trying to talk to me. Exactly. X, Y, Z. But just be open and be true to yourself. Just go out there and experience life. Don't be afraid to step out and take a chance. I love that. And when is a time where... Like you were in this process of growing and changing mm-hmm. where you wanted to revert back to living life in like a bubble and being afraid of everything. Honestly, I haven't wanted to go back into the bubble. Never. Never. And so you've never even gotten like discouraged by, um, you know, like taking a chance and picking up and going somewhere. No, because I learn more from my mistakes than I do my successes. And what, like what point in your life did... It, did you figure that out? Hmm. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's ongoing. It's every day because I never know what's going to stick or what's not. Okay. So it's like I said, life is not playing. I don't know what tomorrow's going to be placed, but I just take the gamble. I roll the dice. I don't like to gamble in actuality, but you got to step out. Just yeah. see what's going to happen. You never know. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. If it's good, great. What would made it good? Right. No, because I got what I needed. If it's bad. Why is it bad? Well, this happened. Well, why did this happen? Right. This happened because I didn't follow through with this. Yeah. Well, maybe you should follow through with this next time. And these are all self-monologues that I have inside my head when I walk around with my headphones in. I mean, it makes sense. I can tell when you're not listening to music. I know. I listen to you all the time. Okay. Hmm. Um, what? And being a personal trainer, I know that. Well, it seems like working with different clients, you're mm. not only working with, you're not only helping them with their physical, but mm. you have to be able to help them navigate um, various emotional and mental challenges. Yeah. Working out is actually my quote unquote therapy for me. It's the time when I don't have to think or I don't have to focus on anything but doing there. And then I can just focus in on whatever's bothering me. I can just work it out with the weights or running and do whatever I need to. What about the clients that you have that they love working out with you, mm-hmm. but you notice that they progress and then they regress? And like, how do you encourage them to keep going? Or what kind of words of wisdom do you give them when they? it's clear that they want to quit? Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy if I see that they want to quit. I remind them why they came to me in the first place. Like, hey, you came to me because you want to make this change. You want to be this. You want to see this change. You can't just stop. It's not going to happen overnight. Like I tell people all the time, you put on these 20, 30 pounds. They didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to come off overnight either. You have to constantly work at it. It's a craft that you have to keep doing. You can't just expect it's going to go away in one day. I mean, you can go the route and get a quick fix and you can go and get lipo done or do whatever. But even if you do that, it's not going to fix it because you don't have the discipline to keep it off. Yeah. And it's going to come back. So I just tell them, trust the process. Stick with it. Document it. It's like. I love the process. You can't just sit there and keep comparing yourself from day to day because you're not going to see the change. You're not going to see the growth. You have to start a video diary or a photo collage of, okay, I took this picture on this day in this month. Then don't take a picture the next month. Mm-hmm. Wait three more months. Take another mm. picture. See a progress picture. I always tell people to don't pay attention to the scale. Don't look at the number on the scale. Look at how your clothes fit. Inches. What, yes. I was telling about the inches. You look to see what inches. fits or what used to fit here or how it used to fit here. Is it loose here? Is it loose there? And I also let them know too, hey, coming to the gym, despite what you may think, that's the easy part. Yeah. You come to the gym, you get to see me. We're going to joke around. We're going to play. It's going to be hard, too, because you're going to sweat. You're going to cry. You're going to cuss at me. I prefer you cuss at me because <laughs> you really shouldn't like your personal training while you're working out. Because, right. you know, hey, I'm trying to push Can't you. Can't stand mine. 
you know, that's how it should be. But it's all for the betterment of yourself. Because anything that is easy is not going to last or it's not meant for you. If it's really worth it, it's going to be hard. You're going to struggle at first because you got to get a handle on it. You got to have a good understanding on it. You got to work through it. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, when I first started working out with my sister, Mm -hmm. I would be ready to puke on the runs Mm -hmm. and I'd be crying like, oh, my gosh, I want to quit. Like, you know, and she's like, keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we would stop. I wouldn't throw up. So she's like, keep running. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know my body. Don't tell me about my body. And she was right. like, you only know what you've allowed yourself to go through. You don't know what your limits are until you push every limit. Mm-hmm. And I think everything that you said translates to real life and, mm-hmm. like, trying to make changes. Right now, we're in 2023. Oh, already? Right. Mm. We're about to be in day 11 of 2023. Okay. And it's like, you know, this January is right now. People are in their up, prime. You know? Yeah, J16. Mm-hmm. But people are in their prime. The first two weeks, I feel like people are motivated with their New Year's resolutions. I'm right. sure you have a lot of people reaching out to you. Yes. To, you know, the, the hey, big head trainer. <laughs> like, can we work out oh, again? Okay. Mm-hmm. Or they have the, you have people who are like, oh, actually, I want to work out with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, it doesn't. Because that money spends the same way. Yeah. If they want to waste their time and invest and pay and then they just don't want to come anymore. Okay, cool. There's no harm, no foul for me. It's less time that I have to spend in there. But the people who really want to do it, do it. They'll come in. And it's something I always like to say, too. You don't have to be in the gym to work out. Mm-hmm. You can do your runs. You can be active playing sports, uh, tennis, basketball, swimming, whatever your niche is. You don't have to be in the gym lifting weights. The prime example is me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Me and her both love to work out, but our workouts are completely different. Mm-hmm. I'm more weights, cardio. She does uh, HIIT training, P90X, Insanity. Mm-hmm. The first time I did that workout with her, I think I, I was already in shape, working out, lifting weights, squatting, doing everything on the sun. I did P90X with her for like 15 minutes. I cut it off and I threw up. I was like, oh God, what is oh this torture? Gosh. Yeah. But it translated into she came to do my workout. And she's like, oh, I can't do this. This is too much. But it's just our bodies were conditioned to do two different types of workouts or two different movements. And the goal of a person trained is to find what works for your client. Mm-hmm. To find what is ideal for their body type, what they're trying to do. Not everybody can fit in the same circle. And know? that goes into, it's so fascinating because it ties into everything that you've said. And like things that you've realized about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, throughout your journey of just becoming Caleb and growing every day. Mm -hmm. And now that's how you're inspiring people in the gym. And you're passionate about it because you know what it feels like to not feel good about yourself or, you know. And so as we close. One thing people don't know, um, people normally just look and see, oh, you've always been big. No, I haven't. Some people always, then people ask, what made you get into weightlifting? I'm like, oh, I want to get big or whatever. I want to be strong. No. I watch anime. Dragon Ball Z. Are you for real? Yes. This is the actual reason why I started lifting oh, from wow. anime. Watching uh, the people go through training arts. They come first their skin and bones. They go off and do a training arc. And then they come back there lean, jacked, strong, do all of this. And uh-huh. I was like, I like that. I want to see if I can adopt that in real life. And so you did. Yes. You did your research. Actually, no. I started off just going into the gym. No training, nothing, just lifting. I was a stereotypical guy when you first started off. I did chest every day. and But it was like, ugh, you can't do this. You got to have variety. And then I was like, okay, I got a little fundamental. So then I went back, did my research. And then I worked out for maybe five, six years plus before I went and got my certifications. Mm. And then, you know. But it was here. like a trial and error kind of process. Yes. And I still do that same mentality with clients. If I take on a new client and they want a specific type of workout, a new workout, before I give it to them, I do it on myself first. Wow. Or I enter to that diet that they're trying to do. I'll do the diet for like a month or two on myself to see how my body feels, how it's going to react, what's the highs, what's the lows, what type of cravings did I get. So I can give them that firsthand knowledge when they're doing their diets that I give to them. Like, hey, I was there. I know what it feels like. I love that. So you're vulnerable. Yes. You allow yourself to and you get said into that, com- uncomfortable situations. And you said that I never thought about that making me vulnerable. It was just more of, all right, let me experience this first so I can be relatable to them when I give them to do this. Right. But you're like willing to go on that journey with them. I go on it before them. 
but so, you also go on it with them so that you can support them. Yes, while right there the whole it. time. Because mm-hmm. even if you're not doing it at the exact same time, you're still on that journey with them. Because right. like, oh, I'm committed to you. Yeah, and I want to see your progress. I want to see you win. And that's what you look for in relationships. You know what, Doc? You just said something. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh, Caleb, talking to you always just makes me so happy because you're just so oh, intelligent. Oh, gee golly, thanks. You're welcome. And you just have so much wisdom and knowledge and um, I remember when I met you and people were like, oh yeah, he's like so goofy all the time. And in my head, I'm like, no, he's not. Uh, he's not fooling <laughs> me. So thank you so much for blessing the people with your wisdom and No, your thank presence. you for inviting me on and allowing me to be on. No, it was this a is pleasure. not the last time you'll be on this. Oh, part two. Stay tuned. So Caleb, we have a tradition here okay. where um, we close every episode out with a quote of the week and a question of the week. Mm. And I'm putting it on you. I didn't prepare you for this because I really wanted you to be put on the spot. So what do you have for us? Okay, so I don't have a quote, so I have to break tradition because that's not me. Oh, Lord, of course. Uh, But no, like a statement that I always go with, uh, no two people look at a tree the same way. Mm. Or no two people view an object the same way. Mm -hmm. Me and you can look at a tree. You may see, oh, I can lay on that for shade. Me, I can climb it. Or I, I can cut it down. I can build a house with it make it into a book for paper yeah so you never know what how one person views you another person can view you completely different i like that so that is a quote i'm gonna ask you your question for the week Mm -hmm. and that is um how can people reach out to you if they want advice on fitness or if they want you to make a plan for them or any of that stuff oh that's easy dear if you want to reach out to me have to tune into your next podcast oh okay i like that okay i like that well thank you so much caleb for coming and joining us i had so much fun with you i did too it's always a blast thank you all so much for tuning in and have a great week and i'll talk to you next week bye guys